Welcome to the Business Law Podcast, the podcast where we demystify the law. Jonathan Fleischer is your host, and in each episode, we will unravel legal complexities and delve into intriguing topics that directly impact your business, from contract essentials to litigation strategies and everything in between. Join us to explore the fascinating intersection of law and entrepreneurship. So tune in for expert insights and captivating discussions that make the legal side of business not just understandable, but actually interesting. Let's dive in. This podcast is not intended as legal advice. Seek legal counsel for all legal issues. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining another week of getting all of your legal questions answered. Um, This week's question is, can I have a no-hire agreement with other businesses? At first thought, most people may think, well, what's the problem? We live in America. This is a free country. If I want to sign a contract with another business that says I won't hire their employees, they won't hire my employees, what could possibly be the problem? And the answer is that it is actually very problematic. It could even be criminal. Now, how does that happen? And the answer is that these kinds of agreements are prohibited under antitrust laws. So some of you may be wondering, what are antitrust laws? So these are more well-known to people uh, by the term of what we call a monopoly. Generally, um, what that means is when you have a business that has so much control over any specific industry um, that it essentially shuts down competition within that industry, uh, government is allowed to and is, will step in and force that company to break up into smaller companies so that we won't have one company dominating an entire industry. Now, why does the government do that? Is it because they don't like big companies? No, the government certainly does like big companies. Um, The reason why the government does that is because uh, in order for a capitalist economy to work, there uh, there needs to be healthy competition between different companies, right? The idea being that if there's no competition between companies, then one company is able to raise their prices, um, give terrible service, and there's nothing anyone can do about it because there is no competition, right? Normally, if I go to one store and their food is terrible, I won't go to that store because I have another store. But let's say there's only one store in the entire country that sells food, and they're charging a crazy amount of money for food, and their food is terrible, I'm not going to have a choice. Because at that point, my choice is either starve or buy this terrible food for tons of money. Right? And that's why the government generally works to break up monopolies under antitrust laws uh, so that we have competition, so that generally speaking, people will get the value that they are paying for. Right, rather than allowing one giant company to exploit people, we want people to get the value of the items that they're paying for. Right, that's the idea of antitrust laws. Now, the government, uh, federal government, extended this idea to the employment market. Right, and what that means is that we want there to be uh, a healthy kind of competition within the employment market so that when employees are going around looking for a job, uh, the employer or employers don't have all the power, thereby shutting down competition for employees, 
right? If companies have to compete with each other for good employees, then employees are able to get paid what their value is to the company. Whereas if companies do not need to compete for employees, then employees will not get paid the value that they are contributing to the company because the employees have no choice, right? If they don't work for this company, they can't go work for a different company that's willing to pay them their value because the other company agreed not to hire them. All right, and that is the issue of uh, antitrust laws as it pertains to um, companies agreeing not to hire from each other. All right, so generally speaking, um, there are two ways that antitrust laws play out as it relates to um, as it relates to employment issues. One is in what we call either no poach or no hire agreements, meaning when two companies agree not to either solicit employees from the other company to come work for them, or even worse than that, if they say if a company from if an employee from your company will come to be hired by our company, we're not going to even hire them. So meaning not only are we not going to solicit employees from your company, even if they come on their own to be hired by us, we are not going to hire them. Again, this limits uh, competition within the marketplace for employees, and the same way the government doesn't want limited competition when it comes to uh, goods that people are buying, the government does not want limited competition when it comes to uh, employment opportunities, right? Again, we want a free market where people are able to demand the value of what they are offering so that they can be a fair exchange based upon uh, equity and what the value is to a business. Now, before uh, getting to um, other scenarios which, which kind of fall within the grayer areas of uh, what, what is prohibited, um, let's first discuss how do these agreements have to, be, have to be formed in order to violate antitrust laws, right? So let's say I go out for coffee with somebody, uh, we're both in the same industry, and we're both complaining about how much it costs to uh, employ, uh, to employ uh, decent employees, um, and it's so difficult for us to make tons of money because we have to play our, we have to pay our employees so much. And so we say to each other, you know what? How about you won't hire from me? I won't hire from you. Or I say, we say to each other, how about, uh, we will keep wages. Uh, we're not going to pay anybody more than $25 an hour. Um, there's no written agreement. There was nothing binding. It was just kind of an idea we both had. And we said, yeah, good idea. Let's just do that. This way, it will kind of limit uh, expectations of employees. Um, and we both go ahead and do that, right? And someone comes for a raise in my company. And I say, no, uh, company policy, I am not willing to pay above $25. You don't like it, go work for someone else. And so the employee goes to the other company and the other company says, no, we're not willing to pay more than $25. Now, there was no binding agreement. There was no contract that we signed. This was just an idea that we both had. Will that violate the statute? And the answer is yes, absolutely. There does not need to be um, a clear agreement. Not only does there not need to be a clear agreement, um, even just engaging in activities that tend to lead to limiting competition in this way are going to be prohibited. So, for instance, if a company were to go, let's say, take a survey 
uh, of what employees are paid within a certain industry and then send out that information to all of the members of that industry, right? So let's say I go, I work in, let's say, the healthcare industry. Uh, I decide to take a survey from all the different companies, what their average pay for different employees is, uh, and then I send all that information out to the different companies. And now all the companies see, oh, look, this is what they're paying, this is what they're paying, and therefore, based upon that, they establish a market rate so that now all the companies know, well, if we stay within this range, uh, we're not going to get outbid by other companies, right? There was no, there was never a discussion about not hiring off of each other. There was never a discussion about keeping wages low. But through this kind of information sharing, companies are able to work within um, what other companies are paying and decide essentially on their own not to go above certain numbers. Again, this is uh, probably prohibited under uh, antitrust laws, all right? And these things can, uh, they can kind of come out of left field where you wouldn't exactly expect them. Um, so the general rule of thumb is if it's something that serves to help companies keep wages down, by either not hiring off of other companies or based upon uh, information um, as to what other companies are paying on their employees, um, there's a good chance that it violates antitrust laws. And so it's worth looking into before you try and do anything like that. All right. Now, what happens if I'm hiring an employee? Yeah, so let's say I'm hiring an employee. Someone comes in. They have great credentials, and they say they want to get paid $150,000 a year. And I say to them, well, what are you making at your current job? And they say, oh, at my current job, I'm already making $150,000 a year. Um, I just want to move companies because I think that your company is up and coming, and I'm going to have more opportunity in your company. All right? I don't believe this person I'm about to hire. I think that they're uh, telling me that they're already getting paid $150,000 because that's the salary they want. And so I go and call up their current employer and say, hey, this person interviewed by me. Um, they say they're getting paid $150,000. We're friends. Um, can you tell me what are they getting paid right now? Will that violate antitrust laws? The answer is potentially. Again, if you're sharing information with other companies for the purpose of keeping uh, employment wages down, there is a good chance that you will be violating antitrust laws. What should you do? Well, what you should do is you can look at uh, what the value of the employee will likely be to your company. You can obviously look around in the market and see what people get paid. But again, you have to be very careful anytime you're talking about sharing information with other companies for the purpose of keeping wages at a certain ceiling. Um, that would be, uh, would probably run into issues of antitrust. All right. Now, what about non-compete clauses? All right. So let's think about it for a minute. Tons of companies make their employees sign non-compete and no-poach agreements, right? So I come, I sign up for a job, um, I get hired, and I sign an employment contract, and part of the employment contract says that from the time you begin working for the company and for a period of, let's say, 18 months or two years after your employment ends, you are not allowed to go work within this industry, um, 
you're not allowed to work within any company, own any shares in any company, etc. That is in any way, shape, or form competing with my business. All right, this is standard practice. Um, almost any company that's hiring someone and paying them a decent salary typically makes them sign a non-compete. All right, now if you think about it, uh, a non-compete would seem to be uh, the quintessential um, way to limit competition within the business marketplace, right? Imagine if when you wanted to go shop at a grocery store, the grocery store could say to you, well, you can buy our food, but only if you sign an agreement not to go buy food from the grocery store down the street next time. You know, obviously that, that may run afoul of uh, antitrust laws. And so the question is, what happens with non-compete agreements um, as it pertains to employment? So the answer is there are some states that have uh, more or less made non-compete agreements illegal. Right? There are some states that have done it. Um, New Jersey is not one of those states. And since generally I'm talking about New Jersey, which is where I practice, um, I am not going to discuss laws that uh, completely prohibit uh, non-compete or no-poach agreements with uh, between an employer and an employee, right? Until now, we've been talking about no poach agreements or non-compete agreements between different employers. Now we're talking about between an employer and an employee, which uh, generally speaking is legal, but um, as we're going to see, it does have uh, some level of restrictions within, uh, even with based upon federal law, which of course applies across all 50 states. Um, and it also uh, there even within New Jersey's own case law there is um, there are some restrictions. All right, so let's just um, go through the basic concepts. And uh, once we get the basic concepts, you'll kind of have a picture of when a non-compete clause is likely to be enforced and when it is not likely to be enforced. Now, another thing before we get to when they are enforceable and when they're not is to realize that attempting to enforce a non-compete that will be held to be illegal, it could possibly open you up to liability. So for instance, let's say I had an employee sign a non-compete, then for whatever reason, the job doesn't work out, they leave or I fire them, and now they want to go work for a competitor of mine. And I say, I call up the competitor and I say, look, this guy signed a non-compete, um, do not hire him. If you hire him, uh, I'm going to sue him. I'm going to sue you. You're aware of my contract with him. And so, you know, whatever cause of action there may be to sue the employer, um, I say, you cannot hire him. He signed a contract that he's not going to compete with me. That may be a violation of antitrust laws. And not only may you lose the lawsuit to stop this guy from working for your competitor, you may wind up having to pay fines and legal fees, etc to the former employee because your attempted enforcement of your um, of your non-compete by going to the competitor and telling him not to hire this guy, uh, that may open you up to liability, right? So if it's not only a question of whether your non-compete is going to be enforceable, it's a question of whether attempting to enforce it, not just by filing a lawsuit, may actually open you up to liability. All right, so... Let's get into just some of the basic concepts, all right? Some people will put a non-compete in their employment agreements for the sole reason of making sure that their employees don't leave, 
That is not a valid reason. That is not a reason that will be upheld by a court. You cannot have employees sign a non-compete simply because you want to hold on to employees who you invested time and energy into, even though that may seem unfair to employers. Um, but you cannot force an employee to stay and work for you by making them sign a non-compete. So what are the valid reasons to have an employee sign a non-compete? And generally, that has to be um, either to protect trade secrets or to protect, um, which is similar to trade secrets, which is uh, a client base. So if I have an employee who, let's say I bring them into my company, I train them, and my company has a specific way that we do things, um, how we run the company and how we make profits, something that we don't want other companies to get all the details on. So what I can say is, well, I don't want you to go to a different company and bring my trade secrets with you to the other company. And that would be a valid basis for a non-compete, right? Or if I say, look, I have uh, certain very valuable contacts, right? I have certain contacts that I want to keep within my company. Again, that's another form of a trade secret. I don't want you to bring that to another company. That again is a valid reason. All right. So how does this play out practically, uh, in courts? So practically speaking, when we're talking about lower level employees that don't really have access to trade secrets, right? So let's say for instance, um, you hire a bank teller, right? And um, take some time to train them in, to teach them how to give good customer service or whatever. Uh, but there's nothing really specific to this bank that if a bank teller goes and works for a different bank, that they're going to bring to the other bank uh, from what they learned from you, right? So it's meaning a lower level employee who is not privy to um, higher level trade secrets, uh, it is unlikely that a court will uphold a non-compete for such a kind of employee. Another point that courts will look at kind of along the same, uh, you know, kind of along the same reasoning is the how much the employee was paid. Meaning that if you have a high paid employee, it's reasonable to say this is a higher high end employee, they're higher paid, and therefore um, they have more access to to information within the company, a court will look at that as sort of evidence of, uh, of, of how much that employee was privy to trade secrets within the company. And it's something a court is willing to look at also as well when it comes to the equity of forcing the employee to sign a non-compete agreement. Another question, which is a practical one, is does the government actually enforce these things? And if the government isn't enforcing them, can the pri can private citizens move for enforcement? And the answer to the first question, if the government is enforcing them, is they are certainly getting more involved in enforcement of these kinds of antitrust violations than they have in the past. Pretty much since, uh, I believe it was 2016, um, the FTC put out, uh, they put out a memo saying that they are going to be uh, bringing criminal prosecutions for these kinds of antitrust violations. They have brought a few. Uh, it hasn't been too many. It's mostly been larger companies. Um, so criminal, uh, kind of criminal, um, charges for these kinds of antitrust violations are rare, especially for, for especially for smaller companies. However, um, private people can bring cases against employers. So if let's say, um, I work for some kind of company in the healthcare industry. I want to go, 
which is where it's most common. And now I want to go work for a different company within the healthcare industry. And when I come to get hired, uh, the guy says to me, uh, the hiring manager says to me, well, where were you working until now? And I say, oh, I was working by this healthcare company. And he says, oh, we won't hire from them. So go look for a job somewhere else. And I ask around and I find out that there were quite a few other people who had the same experience. Well, if you call a lawyer, what a lawyer is going to do is he's going to get all these people together and he's going to bring a class action lawsuit against you. He's going to bring all these employees and say, look, over the course of the past 15 years that you had uh, this policy, these two companies of not hiring off of each other, you essentially held wages down for people because they could not uh, move from one company to the other to get higher wages. And so therefore, you're going to be paying fines, you're going to be paying back wages, you're going to be paying legal fees, it's going to cost you a lot of money. So you may think it's worth it anyways, it's a good business risk, that's your decision, but be aware that um, private citizens and even one employee can bring a case against you, uh, and they will be entitled to assuming they win the case, uh, they will be entitled to all kinds of not just actual money damages, but they will be entitled to all kinds of restitution that the laws give for them. All right. So the basic takeaway here is that um, anytime you're engaging in activities with uh, another employer in a way that is inhibiting someone's, uh, an employee's ability to uh, be competitive as far as their employment is concerned, you run the risk of violating antitrust laws. When it comes to non-compete clauses, generally you want to limit them in scope, you want to limit them in time so that a court can look at it and say, this is reasonable to protect your trade secrets or to protect contacts. But once it falls out of that realm of reasonableness, so let's say for instance, uh, you want to, you want to say that, um, an employee can never go work for another company. Uh, a court is not going to uphold that. Courts generally want to see it limited in time. Uh, they want to see it limited in space. So, for instance, if the, if the employee wants to go work for a company that's not active in the same um, the same physical space that you're active in, uh, a court is not going to enforce that. And the reason being because there is no reasonable explanation other than just simply trying to lock the employee down and not allow them the ability to go find another job. All right, that's the basics for this topic. Have a great week, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Business Law Podcast, a podcast produced and edited by Elemento Productions. That's E-L-I-M-E-N-O productions.com.